0: Terrific. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited to share some information about a topic I am passionate about personally and professionally, and that's lifestyle medicine. For some of you, this may be a new term, but by the end of our time together today, you're going to know a whole lot about it. This is what you heard already about me. One of the things that I'll highlight is that I am currently serving as president of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. I was voted in in 2020 as president elect, and I will serve as president from 2022 to 2024. Really excited about this opportunity, and you'll see why. I give a lot of different medical presentations. I need to disclose any financial. Connections, and I, so I'm on the Scientific Advisory Board of Jenny Craig, the Medical Advisory Board for Obvious Solutions, and the Medical Advisory Board for Clearing.com. I also have my own private practice in lifestyle medicine and wellness coaching. What are we going to do together today? I am excited to share with you the six pillars of lifestyle medicine, highlight the role of each pillar for a healthy body, but also a healthy mind peaceful mind, and then we'll identify ways in which the pillars influence each other. I'm wondering if you've already been guessing in your head what these six pillars of lifestyle medicine might be. You'll know them by heart by the end of our time together today. Here are some other things I want you to think about as I proceed with the presentation. So if you may be able to answer these questions already, and if so, that's great. You'll learn a little bit more as we go. And these may be new terms for you, so let's go. What is BDNF? What does IRISON do? What is fee? These may be new terms to you. You'll see how important they are as I continue to pass through these slides. Here's one. I bet you know this. Many of you know this answer. What are the guidelines for physical activity? How does consumption of fiber impact the microbiome? We talk about having a whole food plant predominant diet. And of course, fiber is in fruit, vegetables, and whole grains. And why is that so important? Find out today. What pro-inflammatory cytokines are released with stress? Go through the stress response with you. What receptor does caffeine bind to? I wonder how many of you had coffee, green tea today already. What is a high quality connection? I'm hoping many of you enjoy a high quality connection. If you're not sure what that is, this is Jane Dutton's work. And we are going to review three important ingredients for cultivating high quality connections. Of course, what is lifestyle medicine? I do hope you've heard of this term. If not, you're gonna be very familiar with it. Let's start with the definition. So lifestyle medicine is a medical specialty that uses therapeutic lifestyle interventions as a primary modality to treat chronic conditions. Some of these you're familiar with, you may have some of these conditions, or someone you love may have these conditions. They're common in the United States and worldwide. These chronic conditions are cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, and obesity, just to name three. Lifestyle medicine certified clinicians are trained to apply evidence based, meaning research fact driven by the research. That's evidence based. Whole person. We look at the whole body and mind, prescriptive lifestyle change to treat. And when used intensively, because this is medicine, lifestyle medicine, so it has a dose. When used intensively, can even reverse some chronic conditions. Here we go, here are the six pillars. Applying the six pillars of lifestyle medicine. A whole food, plant predominant eating pattern. Physical activity. Restorative sleep, stress management, avoidance of risky substances, and positive social connections. Also provides effective prevention for these conditions. We at the American College of Lifestyle Medicine updated this definition just a year ago. You can find out more about lifestyle medicine at the website website. Listed here, www.lifestylemedicine.org for the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. So that's a lot of words, and I gave you a lot to look for in the upcoming hour and a half while we're together. Most importantly, it's people. People make the difference. So I want to share with you a patient who's given me full rights to share his story. This gentleman here that you see before you is 72, but I'd like to take you back to a time 20 years earlier when he was 52 years old, overweight, overstressed, overworked New York City businessman. Some of you may have visited New York, some of you may be in New York right now, and you know what I mean when I say this is a busy New Yorker. So he walked fast, talked fast, ate fast, and sometimes did all three at the same time. We think about the pillars, let's look at nutrition. That was fast food. Anything he could grab quickly and eat quickly because he was devoted to his clients at work. He's a financial advisor in New York City, And his dad had started the company, and this gentleman was going to make this company work, run, and excel for another generation. So he was dedicated to his clients. In terms of stress, well, stress eating was the name of the game for him. So what he would do is have hard candies in his middle drawer at work that he would open up when he felt a little stressed or low energy, and he just have some candies. He also did enjoy, of course, cookies, pastries, cakes. And in fact, he ate these throughout the day and night. In terms of sleep, he slept maybe four hours, usually interrupted because he would go down to his kitchen to enjoy ice cream or whatever goodies he could find in the freezer or even cabinetry. Let's go to another pillar, social connections. He was married and had children at the time, but he really was only connecting with his clients because he was so devoted to his job and his work. Now, his family did love him, of course, but when he was present at home, which he wasn't usually at home, he was usually at work. In fact, his hours were 7 a.m. into the office and well, late at night back home. When he was home, he wasn't present. He was there, but he wasn't fully present and mindful. So there weren't high quality connections that he was enjoying at this time in his life. In terms of substances, he did not smoke and and he did not drink. And then our, our last pillar here of our six, physical activity. This gentleman was an outstanding athlete in his day. In high school and college, he was a soccer player, basketball player, baseball player, and really did enjoy athletics. However, at this point, midlife, 52 years old, working uh, tremendous hours, he was not doing any activity. And That's actually not entirely true, and we're about the truth here. So he did do one thing. It was sporadic. You never knew what day he would do it. He would do one thing. I don't know if you can guess in your head what this one thing may be that this 52-year-old overworked, overweight, overstressed New York City businessman might do. Maybe think in your head what that could be. And then I'll tell you that it always happened. You don't know what day, but you certainly know the time. It would happen at 11.07 p.m. Yeah, exactly that time, 11.07 p.m. So maybe you know what that is now. Maybe that's a giveaway. And I'll tell you that it's sprints. Mad dashes sprints. I mean, crazy sprints. Because he worked at 101 Park Avenue and he needed to get to Grand Central Station to catch the last train home. And he knew he had to leave at 11.07 to catch that train home. So... Um, one of these train sprints got a little pain in his chest. No pain, no gain. And also, he didn't like sleeping in the office. And when he missed the train, he did sleep in the office in the cot. So despite the pain, he forged forward and he made the train. The train was a half hour ride. And by the end of that half hour ride, he felt as if there were an elephant resting on his chest. The pain was so severe. He had numbness and tingling all the way down his left arm into his pinky and ring fingers. He was very sweaty, diaphoretic, very sweaty. He was pale. He was very short of breath. His wife, who was a teacher, dutifully, picked him up at the train station as she did on these late nights, which were very common, but was uncommon was to find him looking like this. So without asking any questions, she got him into the car and raced him to the local emergency room where he completed his massive myocardial infarction. Some of you may know that as an MI or a heart attack. And then he had a subsequent right middle cerebral artery infarct. What's that? A stroke. Leaving him parallel, paralyzed on his left side. So this is one day in the life of this busy New York City businessman, leaving him paralyzed now on the left side. This is a pretty common story. I use this story because, well, you heard that I did my residency in physical medicine and rehab, and we see a lot of stroke patients as physiatrists. That's the specialty for physical medicine and rehabilitation. This is quite a common story. And I am pleased to tell you that this gentleman made a complete recovery after a year of hard work in physical medicine and rehabilitation in the rehab hospital with physical therapy, occupational therapy. The only thing that you would notice is fine motor movements in his left hand were not completely back to normal. So he had trouble manipulating coins with his left hand. Otherwise he made a full recovery. And this is a lifestyle medicine talk. He did make a full Lifestyle medicine change, meaning his stress, his exercise, his nutrition, his sleep, his social connections, all changed. He went to a place called Pritikin. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Pritikin Centers, but this was back in the 80s when this happened to this gentleman. And Pritikin Centers were available to patients like this gentleman so that they could go to the center, stay there about 12, 14 days and learn how to cook healthy foods, learn how to exercise safely, get back into a routine so that they could enjoy physical activity, learn how to reduce stress, how to manage stress in in healthy ways, not with stress eating and not with yelling or other, other unhealthy ways of managing stress. So after this period of time at Pritikin, he really solidified his healthy lifestyle and continued with it for what he would call his best 27 years of his life. And those were a gift to him. Many people die at 52 with such a massive myocardial infarction and a stroke as his, but he made it through and made these changes. I know this so well. This story is, is so etched in my brain. Because I was 18 when this happened to this gentleman, and this gentleman here is my father. So this is the beginning of my lifestyle medicine journey at the age of 18 in the 80s when I was at Harvard College. I was a major in economics, going to take the the business over for dad, be the third generation to run that business. But everything changed with that one, one fateful night of the heart attack and the stroke. And I then became pre-med, went to Stanford Medical School. and, And here I am before you today, having studied about healthy living, prevention of heart disease and chronic conditions, as you heard in the definition of lifestyle medicine. And in 2008, really devoted myself to lifestyle medicine. So this is a passion personally, professionally, and I do try to practice what I preach for many reasons. Well, one of course, is that I have a family history of a heart disease. So if your father had a heart attack before the age of 55 or your mother had a heart attack before the age of 65, that means you have a risk factor. You have a family history for heart disease. So I have had this since 18 years old.